This is the Human Node Podcast. Human Node is the first crypto biometric network where one human is equal to one node. Learn how you can become a human node at humannode.io. Hello, fellow human nodes and friends. How are things going? Name is Dato, and today with me here is Shannon, as always. Going to talk about very interesting stuff. So, thank you very much for coming, Shannon. So, um, although I believe most of friends here have gone over the white paper and uh, have watched some of the videos. Um, what do you think, Dada, what do you think is the most unique aspect of the Vortex? Well, the most unique aspect is a very, like, it's a difficult question, but, um, it really depends on the, um, the you know, the separability be from the monitoring uh, network. Basically, like the voting power not being entangled with uh, a token. Mm -hmm. I improve state networks. Um, but being distributed uh, through, uh, you know, among the human nodes, because of uh, uh, their biological uniqueness, and you know and their biometrics mm -hmm. and uh, be because of that uh, system is like uh, system evades being becoming a plutocracy uh, directly mm -hmm. well i mean as one of our mottos is one human equals one node equals one vote um yeah it's i guess it's in that sense, it is very different from the standard proof of stake networks, and uh, you know, it, it this in itself solves uh, many of the issues of conventional DAOs. At the same time, um, as some have said, it it, it brings up some topics that uh, are more challenging. And, you know, one of them being not everybody uh, is always involved in governance. <laughs> they tend to not want to be involved in the governance process. How do you see uh, us facing this challenge of those who may not want to be involved in the governance itself? Well, you're raising the question about uh, governing, uh, basically, one, one of the basic governing problems out there is the apathy of voters. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it really depends on, like, multitude of factors. One of them being, like, who do you distribute your talking to? Like, uh, imagine you're, you're, like, giving away the token to, like, ordinary people who are either you know buying this token for profit or just just doing it for some utility reasons and they don't really have time to go into details about you know governance is going on inside the network the questions that are being solved and you know all the uh, small problematic intricate things that are going in the various details mm -hmm. so they just don't have time for it and uh, it would be really hard to like gather all these people to work together to vote on something. Mm -hmm. And um, there are many cases when people distribute stuff and then they are they just are not able to deliver a quorum to like achieve any kind of consensus. Mm -hmm. And that is like a problem that you know any proof of stake network is like distributing its validator power through uh, monitor means is just 
has this awful, awful problem, and it's really hard to overcome it. Hmm. So, I mean, obviously, um, we have uh, four tiers of governors. You know, we have, you know, aside from the four tiers of governors, we have the regular humanoid, the participant of the network, and then we have, you know, the delegators, those that delegate their votes to governors. And then, of course, the governors, you know, the citizen, senator, legate, and council. Um, so when we're talking about governing, obviously we're talking about the votes of those who have chosen to participate, correct? Um, to, to like, um, to correctly answer that, uh, we should probably, probably talk about the principle itself. Like, okay. Um, the principle is that you got to prove your devotion mm -hmm. uh, every single time to be the part of the governance. And uh, it means that um, if you want to vote, you have uh, certain requirements that you have to uh, conclude every month in terms of voting. And uh, if you don't participate in governance and, you know, you, because you don't have time, Mm -hmm. Then you don't get to vote on stuff, uh, or you mm -hmm. don't get to get counted at all. But what you do get is you can delegate to people, mm -hmm. and uh, implying the principle of you know the censorship in terms of devotion on this level um, mm -hmm. can make sure that you know on, only the people willing to actually participate in governance, because it doesn't require any money really, just requires your time and dedication um yeah if if you're like able and ready to do that uh nothing can stop you from from being a governor um mm -hmm. and you'll be able to vote upon anything and only you'll be counted like an actively governing entity inside the system that's the main principle mm -hmm. to count only those who are actively governing and like the, the requirements that are uh, given to the governors every month mm -hmm. are mathematically equal to the uh, percentage of necessary quorum uh, deliveries in some period of time. Mm -hmm. So that we ensure that some, you know, proposals that are in the proposal pool, um, they get voted upon mm -hmm. no matter what, so that the process doesn't stop. And it, like you, you cannot gerrymander yourself out of it. <laughs> you see. Okay, cool. So, um, now, Dara, uh, would you go just you know as a refresher? Would you be willing to go through the uh, various, so I say, requirements of each tier? I mean, you know, obviously there's the proof of time, you know, how long you have to uh, be as a governor before, let's say, as a citizen, before you get promoted to being a, a senator, then to, you know, on and on. Um, but there's also, you know, the aspects of proof of devotion, as you've mentioned. And um, there also are, a couple other requirements and you know such as you know maintaining the pin of the full stack of the humanoid network and you know having one of your proposals approved by the vortex and you go ahead and you know go into a little more detail about these aspects it would be great Yeah, before we move on, guys, thank you very much for coming here. Uh, it, this is not like a, a, a monologue stuff. We, if you got to say anything, just raise your hand or write something in the Telegram. Yes, if you have any questions, do the same too, please. Yeah, so um, yeah, I think it would be good to you know, get from the very basics to the intricate stuff. So. Um, 
like to become a, a humanoid, right? One should be go through biometric processing that would verify the uniqueness of human being and his actual existence uh, through uh, various lineless detection mechanisms used inside the biometric scheme itself. Okay. Yeah, and one has to pay for it also. Like, it's a small amount of money. Like, uh, try, we'll try to keep it less than $20 uh, at first. And then with scalability, uh, things settled is going to become smaller. But, you know, um, basically by doing that, you're a bi biometric identity, which is pseudonymous, is kind of like acts like a stake uh, inside the system. And um, uh, a node appears uh, based on your biometrics and starts to verify things inside the network. And a human node uh, like that can participate in governance, uh, which is called vortex inside our system um it's it consists of three parts um the proposal pool uh, the vortex itself and uh the pro uh, the thing that we call uh, uh it's a thing like foundation but we call it formation so it's a formation and um there are certain governing ranks on which the, the vortex is based. As um, the um, you know the validation and voting power are not entangled with the token, the way we understand um, how a, a person can progress through ranks or tiers uh, without money is dependent on the, the time and the devotion of the person uh, in the governance. So for example, um, a person who is constantly governing, the, the time of his governance is uh, counted. And uh, there are four ranks that are really dependent on time and the different variants of devotion a person can do. So like the first tier is basically, um, uh, a citizen and um, a human or becomes a citizen instantly when it joins the uh, you know governing processes. The second tier is uh, a senator, and um, well, basically, a human has to uh, govern for at least a year. Um, then there's like the third tier that we call a legate, um, and. Uh, there's a big difference here. So to become a legate, one should govern for two years. But beside that, he is also to participate in uh, the uh, different projects made in the ecosystem. Or, you know, contribute to the uh, delivery of the code or in any way to the growth of the ecosystem that can be recorded on chain. Um, we'll talk about this uh, later in detail. We'll, we'll talk about formation. But basically, um, formation is where um, different, you know, goals, achievements can be made to prove your devotion to the system to become the legate. And so one has to uh, one has to govern for two years and uh, prove this devotion through formation. And, you know, the highest rank is basically legate, uh, is the uh, tier four. And- um, Council? Yeah. Not legate, but the council, The council, yes. Yes. The council, sorry. <laughs> um, basically, one has to go govern for four years, then he has, has to also uh, participate in any, uh, you know, devotion delivery uh, thing in the formation. And he has to have like a proposal that he sent to Vortex, this proposal has to be approved at least once. And then he's given the council rights. And the thing is that, you know, the progression of tiers doesn't give any voting power. The voting power remains the same. It's always equal to one, regardless of your tier. What really changes is the ability to make proposals 
proposal on crucial matters. For example, um, a citizen or a senator are able to deliver proposals on some uh, UX, UI stuff for applications, some design, some community stuff, something like this. Um, but uh, people that are legates or consuls are able to make proposals um, you know, on protocol change or monetary policy change and stuff like this. Um, the major point is to balance out two things. Uh, so people progress in, in, in some rank, but it doesn't give them voting power, meaning that they can create proposals which are more crucial, but they're not able to use their overwhelming voting power to just vote everyone else out. And uh, it, it really balances out, you know, the, the two things. And uh, another thing, um, this ability is given to people not because they're just, they just own a lot of money and they put the capital into it, but because they like spend four years governing nonstop and they also have, you know, proven themselves in some sort of uh, contribution to the ecosystem. And at the same time, they have like made some proposal that has been approved by the whole system itself. So it's like um, proof of time slash proof of devotion system of governance, where all in individual people are basically equal. And uh, another aspect is that for the human nodes uh, who are not willing to, you know, who don't have time to participate in governance or uh, who are just, you know, willing to uh, participate in governance somehow, even though they don't have uh, the qualities or expertise for something, they can always delegate uh, their uh, vote to somebody else. And um, because of that, there's like this, um, so I'd say two chamber system to balance it out as well. It's uh, the proposal pool and the vortex. Basically, um, David, yeah, we, sure. got, we got one question from Kenneth Energy Blocks. And his question is, uh, my question is how can I monitor people selling their vote position to someone? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you, you, you can as, at the same like um, level as uh, you can monitor uh, how your senator in real life sells himself. So it's really dependent on the people there. And but um, yeah, I mean, if you just consider how many votes they would have to buy. <laughs> The more yeah, I mean, people that participate, the better, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you could argue that um, if people are willing to sell their vote for something in, inside the system, um, then they kind of believe it. They just needed this little touch of money to decide upon it. So it could be called a consensus, really. <laughs> Okay, so uh, sorry for interrupting you there. You're going on to one other point concerning the vortex. Yeah, sure. Um, basically, the proposal pool and the vortex are two parts uh, that work together. How it works, the, so any proposal created by any human node goes into the proposal pool and um, every other uh, human node that, or governor uh, can vote upon it. Uh, they can either upvote it or downvote it. And um, the principle is is that the uh, the proposals that get twenty two percent of upvotes or downvotes move to vortex. And in this chamber, every single uh, like person is equal in terms of upvotes and downvotes and their uh, validation power and delegations, they don't work. Mm -hmm. 
yeah i'll explain the, the, how uh, the uh, the chamber of vortex uh, works and i'll probably understand why this is happening so uh, when a proposal gets um uh, 22 percent of all upvotes or downvotes from governors it goes into the vortex and it has like a week to be voted upon by the governors in, in vortex the delegation works it means that a person's voting power is equal to one plus amount of people who delegated uh, or amount of other human nodes who delegated their vote to him and in this case um this the approval uh that gets 66 percent out of all the votes uh gets approved and the quorum is considered to be in, in session um uh, if 33 percent of the governance appear so uh, you need minimum 22 percent of people to approve stuff in the system this way because of that uh the amount of people that we uh, calculate to trigger uh, the movement of proposal from the proposal pool to the vortex is 22 percent exactly meaning that uh, with a big uh, probability chance this proposal that goes through vortex when it already has 22 percent of upvotes and downvotes of individual governors it will most likely uh, be able to be voted upon uh with yes or no without uh, gathering a quorum so it's mm -hmm. it's it is it's a healthy thing that keeps quorum alive at all times and it's like democratic at the same time hmm. yeah so as we now know how the proposal pool works and the vortex vote vor works let's talk about the the last part but not the least it's uh the formation so basically imagine um there's a proposal to dow from a human node that involves um some budgetary means or support from the ecosystem vault the the formation vault uh made okay. by the okay. vault is uh, also decided upon by the governors of the system the the money from the vault goes through only uh, by the vote of the DAO, and it is uh, this vote is created for basically uh, um, supplying uh, projects on interesting proposals for the evolution of the network through DAO, you know, and, and democratic consensus of the people behind it. And basically, formation uh, solves two things. It uh, so a human node. Uh, made a proposal it was approved in the vortex then it goes to formation and the human node that made it basically is able to assemble a team from other human nodes or people outside the system the thing is that if a human node joins the project as a worker and his public address is um, you know put inside and uh, is verified on chain Basically, it, it, it becomes like a publicly known thing and a publicly verified thing that he participated in um, an ecosystem project. And he can receive the, uh, like the funds for it directly from the uh, formation. Uh, and, you know, everything stands in place to form a team. So it's like uh, supplying and teams with uh, the money from the community vote which is democratically vote, voted upon by the DAO its main focus so um, the governance system is considered consists of the proposal pool where all human nodes are equal from the vortex where the voting is limited by one week time and uh, delegations uh, apply for those who you know get their support and also the formation the, the thing that allows uh to form teams and uh, you know um achieve different goals and build projects on the network itself so this is like the, the vortex dao 
So just, just as a realistic question here, you know, some votes would require, you know, two minutes of thinking, but some proposals might require some in-depth study. Is there, is it always just one week or are there topics that uh, give more time for consideration? You know, for example, if, you know, we're, we're talking about Okay, um, I propose the change of, I don't know, you know, what type of um, bumper sticker we're creating or the logo. And it's like, I propose to change it to this. And people can, you know, think about it and go, yes, no, yes, no, very, you know, relatively quickly. Um, but if we're talking about, okay, um, I have this in-depth project that will um, require, obviously, a lot of research and studying, and that will affect many parts of the uh, network. You know, do we have more time to study that proposal? Or is it, you know, stuck to one week? I mean, the system is made to be fluid, you know, because when something freezes somewhere, uh, the opinion is, uh, the opinion of people changes like weekly or, you know, maybe even faster, maybe sometimes twice a day. So <laughs> the thing about Wordex, stuff doesn't stay there for more than one week and it just mm -hmm. gets cleared out. If, if we cannot sort this out for one week, then it goes back to the pool, and meaning that it gets you know thrown back to the person who proposed it and just says yeah you can propose this in two weeks we'll figure it out then because uh, now we we can't you see yeah so basically it's requiring you know those who are making uh proposals to actually um do legwork in advance shall we say because, you know, often, you know, what happens in, in DAOs is that you get so many proposals and a lot of them are, you know, junk proposals. It's like, how do you sift through all of it? So I, I uh, guess if somebody, if somebody is serious about their proposal, they would already be um, contacting people, you know, amongst the community, discussing amongst the community, tossing ideas around before they actually put it together? Well, in big scale, on a, like on, on a large scale, it all becomes, this. it all depends on the side marketing because basically if, if there's like a lot of, really a lot of proposals, mm -hmm. uh, it's really to define a system that would, um, that would arguably, um, you know, justify why some proposals are shown and others are not, really. And um, maybe there's some popular proposal or crucial one, you know, and, and that everyone knows about in the community. But if there are like hundreds and hundreds of them, because humanos just keep making them, some of them might just not get you know noticed because of many reasons, many and. You know, if, if somebody would, you know, see, somebody would want to see something happen and, you know, go through as a proposal, then he would have to, you know, create a small marketing strategy on the side and basically try to, um, you know, spread the word about his proposal or something. But I mean, you know, if there's like a thousand or millions of them, it gets rather complicated. Mm -hmm. with the overhead of information it's like the bandwidth problem yeah that's definitely yeah well it, it would be interesting to see uh how it moves forward i mean you know at the time of a launch or let's say within the first year we are hoping to have about you know, anywhere between 1,000 to 10,000 nodes. Let's say we start with 10,000 nodes. 
out of these 10,000 nodes, just as a, as a random feeler, how many do you think would be participating in governance? Just a random question. Well, if 10% will participate, that would be really good. That's true. So let's say we start if 10%, so that's a thousand nodes. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't be that bad. I, you know, I... no, yeah. it really depends <laughs> on the people, really. Just, I mean, 10,000 speaking at 10%, you know, we'll be happy about it. But the system becomes strong when at least 50% do, at least 50. It's, it's not that much. <laughs> it's too much, really. Well, especially, yeah, you know, if, if we were to be ambitious. I mean, you know, one of our goals in, of course, Humanode is not to just create a, a small system that is enjoyed by a handful of people who enjoy crypto. You know, as it as we nurture it as the community develops you know hopefully this will become you know the foundation of um a much larger ecosystem that could involve hopefully at some time every single living person on earth i mean there are a lot of identities out there that can be you know every single person is different so you know hopefully you know we want this to evolve to be you know something that really everybody is involved in so you know as we grow uh, you know obviously we will learn and and the DAO will evolve with it but you know just you know keeping it realistic you know starting with ten thousand. You know, what is your personal goal, let's say, in four years' time? Well, it's it's a very difficult question, Shannon, because I, I don't believe, like, Humanode um, will. I think Humanode, for, for proprietary use for, like, stuff, it is probably better to use in, in like, private networks. Mm -hmm. So, like... It's a technology, right? It's uh, you can scale it to basically anything, mm -hmm. and you, you you would would like to like fork human node to something of you of your own. There's like a module in the your own, yeah, something like this. So, um, governing the system itself, yeah, it would be great to see. The more the people, the better, uh, you know. But um, it, it really depends on. Um, for what use people are going to scale it? Do they want to scale it for their um, company or family or I mean, friends or something like this? Do... It's just really depends on them. Maybe they want to have like a private network with the same principles, but totally different participants because of real world, you know, focus of some things. So after shipping, After shipping first initial version targeting on cyber resistance, we'll be working on uh, the fact that people can participate despite the fact that the consensus has limits of like thousands of nodes, uh, as uh, we will make them transfer data and contribute in another way other than validation. And they will become relaying nodes and be like incentivized for that as well. So we're a little past the uh, halfway point in this uh, discussion here. Uh, does anybody else have any questions or any comments, things that they would like to know about the Vortex? This would be the perfect time to raise your hand or um, type a question out in the chat. And we'd be happy to answer.
and while people are thinking about it, or um, let's see, what else can we talk about, David? <laughs> okay, Victor, are you there? Victor? Well, he's, yeah. So <clears throat> there's like, um, well, this maybe someone's trying to, uh-huh. So um, we, we can talk about um, different dilemmas that, that, that democratics are facing. Okay. Because there is like um, the thing that we talk about in the um, white paper um, mm -hmm. is the iron law of oligarchy, basically. And uh, when we talk about this in, in the team, uh, we always come up with like different angles where the validation and voting power can start uh, growing inside the system like human node. Um, and we all have different versions. Mostly, like, uh, some people are saying that it's basically um, console, you know, and legates, like a very centralized point. But others are more, like, keen on saying that people who can amass the most delegations have, you know, the best chance in, in the network. What do you think about it, Shen? Where is, like, the place where the validation power just stops growing even though the system makes everyone uh, virtually equal this is this is actually a fairly you know tough question it's, it's always something that we go back and forth with i mean it really comes down to why why we came up with the uh proof of devotion system because you know in this is you know as as i kind of explained in uh one of our videos is that you know you're you're preparing you know if you're a restaurant you're you're serving your customers you prepare dinners you're, you're you know in order to serve the customers you have various roles in the restaurant you know, everything from making menus to, you know, cooking the chicken to baking the chocolate cakes to, you know, doing hors d'oeuvres to, you know, dressing the staff to doing the architecture for the shop. And they all require different skill sets. You know, all of them are equally important. Um, so, I mean, obviously you want to hire pros to do those jobs well. At the same time, you know, um, just because, you know, I, we were trying to, we're trying to create a system that goes beyond the regular corporate structure of, of you know having a board of directors and people that are de you know, dedicated to work and serve the customers we're, we're really working on trying to evolve this into a more um decentralized platform uh run by human nodes for human nodes and we want as many people involved as possible I and mean, we don't want to give a small group of people power including ourselves you know we just because uh you know there you know there's a there's a core team of people who started up it doesn't mean that we get to dictate on everything this is this is more you know for everybody involved everybody will have a voice here so you know and in trying to avoid making it too centralized, yet keep it professional, um, we have the, you know the proof of devotion. You know, various people uh, 
will be able to vote to those who, you know, in, in tiers that they're most comfortable with, you know. And, you know, the, the more devotion you show towards the community, the more um, you do to enhance the community and the embitterment of the whole community, the more you are recognized as somebody that would be able to understand the various dilemmas and uh, issues at hand and wouldn't wouldn't be voting based on uh, pop, you know populism so it's it's I, I, I know I'm not really answering your your question here but I, I really think it's a delicate balance you know in order to keep the system fair for all so that everybody can participate but also keeping it so um the the qualified chefs baking the chicken and the chocolate cakes can actually put in you know their their input based on their professional opinion um over let's say populist ideas or uh, money talking, I, mean, I think it's a it's a balance we have to strike here, where um, where people do have to kind of prove themselves to the community as they move forward through proof of time and proof of devotion. I mean, what what is your thoughts? Dada. You know, the devotion dilemma is still there, but you know, it's it's a thing that any any system that is trying to build itself on um, you know meritocratic principle faces basically. It's really hard to tell the difference between one type of devotion and other type of devotion because proposals can be different and um, mm -hmm. some of them might affect small parts of the system. Some of them can be critically, tremendously different and change everything at a very large scale. And in a good governing system trying to base itself on meritocracy, there should be a mechanism that distinguishes different types of devotion and that's that's what we're working on uh, right now to yeah to be implemented in the future but it's it's kind of secret <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's 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 true that you know different types i mean there are different types of devotions you know well you know I'm not quite sure if it's a different type of devotion, but the weight of some pieces of work are definitely uh, more heavier, more advanced than others. The question is, um, yeah, how do we balance it? I mean, it's, it's I, I guess, uh, I, I, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, of course, you know, have a long day at work, come home, you know, my, uh, my kids were small. They're like, dad, I helped make dinner. I made dinner. It's like, okay, wonderful. You made dinner. Oh, this is wonderful. Of course, you know, that they're, um, they're made, they made dinner was they helped you know, chop a couple carrots, whereas uh, the whole process of making dinner was, you know, there's uh, somebody else that actually did the cooking and the spicing and somebody else that actually got the ingredients and uh, made the money to uh, pay for the ingredients. And it's a whole process, but, you know, they, they did uh, something that was, you know, up to their ability and they did help and, and it did, you know, dad does reward them with a big kiss and a big thank you. <laughs> doesn't mean their devotion was less than the other people, but 
it's not necessarily um you don't go to the next day and say okay i'm going to entrust entrust you in uh doing a full course full course meal tomorrow <laughs> so you know we're talking about the dao it's at a larger scale so just finding that balance is going to be quite challenging you know although kids who give me a very colorful uh, explanation <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you oh. have anything, just just if you can, just tell us, and we'll let you in. Um, and if you have any questions, just write them down. We'll answer them. No, no problem. So, David, do you have any ideas concerning how you would balance such a system? Um. So, there's like different points of balance there. The thing is, the first one um, is that we're trying to balance out the validation power because it's balanced equally among every single human node. Everyone has like the same validation power because it's all about their identities and their like biological uniqueness. And because of that, the power of the vote derives directly from the equal power of validation and every single person has um equal voting power because of that and i would call that a balanced thing would you not yes i i believe it would be if yeah. you compare it to like pro work for example um mm -hmm. it's like one of the main things why we decided to go and create human node is because proof work and proof stake systems in our opinion um, are all leading to plutocracies on large scale and the thing is that you, you require a lot of capital for both and um, uh, you know there's no lock on how much you can get by printing money or acquiring mining equipment Mm -hmm. And if you are the printing press, like if you are like printing dollars, you can just buy everything, <laughs> right? So um, these systems are really plutocratic at the very, very core. And uh, human node is not based on mining that you have to buy and install and, you know, infrastructure which you have to maintain. It's not based on capital where you have to be a, a, a businessman or have you know a successful venture to just have your voice heard because in like delegated proof stake systems it's it's all companies out there in the top validators and it's just impossible to be an ordinary human being with normal thoughts and not just this entrepreneur <laughs> mm -hmm. and human out make it so that you're just an ordinary uh, human being and you're just confirming your biometrics every once in a while and you can directly participate in any kind of form of governance and have the same voting right as anybody else i mean this is like like the first balancing out principle everyone is equal regardless of what you do or can't do mm -hmm. <sighs> So, and the second one is basically um, there is like the progress of ranks that is really dependent on the, the amount of time you carried out being a governor and the amount of devotion that you confirmed and, you know, had carried out on chain through working on formation projects and basically participating in the voting procedures themselves mm -hmm. and uh, yes you move in tiers and you get more proposal rights but your voting power stays the same and it's like the second principle of balancing here uh, i i don't know which of them is uh, more important but th there is like a known dilemma between uh, the delegation presence itself it's a separate interesting topic so uh 
it's it's the problem it's kind of the problem of populism basically being a populist is like one of the best strategies um to maintain power because your your strategy is to just implement any strategy that will give you the most votes and you don't really care about what you're promising uh you're just trying to imply yourself to the uh most like voters in the system uh, through media or through marketing you know so that they vote for you and they do or, or you, you can be either like uh defending liberal um ideas or you can be a dictator you, you can both be populist and um it's just a very very powerful tool to uh, amass power voting power in any system you just uh you just promise people what they want in masses and that's <laughs> it and uh, in systems that are controlled by populists it's very hard to make very quality decisions because um it's like you have to go through some hard times for example or you gotta you gotta do something um, critical to change the situation but it's going to be painful for some somebody in the community for example mm -hmm. and so it's like there's a child and you have to give him uh his uh you know medicine mm -hmm. and it doesn't taste good and like <laughs> populists just don't give their kids bad medicine that, that tastes bad so they would love them it's the same thing and they they vote for them and there's always the dilemma uh, in this because of the delegation right so uh if people are allowed to delegate it means that there's like a, a bunch of people that are not uh you know they are not educating themselves in small details about the political situation of uh, the the uh, network that they're engaged in for example mm -hmm. right and the, then they're just delegating their their voice based on some marketing done some, by some leader of votes i don't know or they go into uh, normal details and study people and you know delegate their votes based on uh, thorough research but not everyone in the world does thorough research that's the thing it's true so i you know one of the dilemmas that we've been talking about for a while now is you know delegation power I and mean, we have delegators we have uh currently we basically say you know they're normal humanoids they're delegators and then there's governors i mean what what are the the pros of having you know what is the good side of having people that can delegate I and mean, obviously there's the the downside um where you really have to fight against populism but what is the upside well the the thing is that you either make a system where, where people can delegate and um it gets kind of hit by populism and populism starts to affect it or you have a system where only people who are actively governed and govern and like there are no delegations that's why people are actively governing really do govern and only they participate in governance and only all of their votes are equal there and there's like no disproportion in voting power because of the delegations but because of that uh you're making the system kind of more equal but at the same time you're limiting the voice of people who don't have time to be involved in all the you know the talks about governance the talks about voting you, they just don't have time and you're kind of cutting them out, out all of this and uh, the voters who are participating in this kind of become the elite because there's just so very few of them so it's either you create a small elite of governing people or you make system more populist it's a dilemma that is really hard to solve or you educate the community and grow with the community so that everybody 
will uh, want to voice their opinion, populist or not. But I guess it's the gradual process here. I mean, obviously, you know, the more people that participate, the more beneficial it is to the system. You know, if the if everybody who participates is willing to um, educate themselves, and I guess you know, if we have build a community that is founded on uh, learning, um, it would be more fruitful. But anyway, uh, uh, thank you all. It is our time here is almost up. Uh, if you have any last questions here, please, please, please raise your hand. And um, Dado, do you have any closing remarks? So there's like um, Max from Montreal. They ask a question about how uh, we can be integrated. Um, there are a lot of interesting topics to talk about, but I think we should talk about this in private. Okay. Max, so sorry for this. This is like a fireside chat. We play guitar some here. <laughs> <laughs> And if any of you guys want to say anything, go ahead. We'll listen out. Or, you know, if you have any questions, just bring them out. Yep. And, and a uh, minor, th I mean, obviously, we'll be, you know, in the fireside, we'll be talking about various topics concerning Humanoid. And uh, if anybody wants to hear about a specific topic, uh, please contact us, please talk to us, or otherwise you might find out that some episodes will you'll be stuck listening to us talking about our latest and greatest battle in uh, EU4 or Crusaders Kings 3, which uh, Dato is almost a professional at. Or you might end up listening to him play the guitar for a couple hours, which is also quite good too. Okay. <laughs> and by request, you can also sing too. So yes. Oh, okay. We have some hands raised here. Um, hey guys. Okay. I saw Chris. Yeah, I already, I already, I already unmuted them both okay. so they can talk. Yes, mom. You wanted to say something, buddy? Uh, hi there. It was by mistake. Sorry. I'm just listening. Okay. To Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, okay. So, hey there. Um, first of hey. all, thanks a lot for, for this interesting talk. Um, I, I really like your project. Um, maybe my question is also not too much related to the topic, but I read on, on LinkedIn that you're thinking about uh, also onboarding some private investors, um, some private people um, who may talk about this. Oh, we can talk about this in private. You can call, contact us. Okay, perfect. Because I tried to do the telecom general, but uh, so far I could not. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry? There's a mail on the website. Hello? And there's a mail on the website. Oh, okay, perfect. Then I'll try this one. Thanks a lot. Thank Thanks. you. Anyone else? Okay. If okay. Not, yep. Well, <laughs> everyone's shy. All right. All right. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Very oh, what, 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 okay. Yes, go ahead. Hey, Nils, what's up? See? 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Was was I muted? Yep. Oh, sorry. Uh, so I don't really have any questions, uh, but I uh, just want to say that it's super cool that you uh, guys are organizing uh, these uh, these events. Um, so uh, next time I'll have some uh, some more in depth uh, stuff. Oh, thanks. Wonderful. We'll be doing this once every two weeks. So, you know, would you want to talk about something next week or this moment? Talking to you, Niels. Oh, sorry, I wasn't aware. Um, no, not nothing specific right now. Uh, I, I have some thoughts, but I'll uh, I'll write them down and then uh, uh, come in prepared for the next uh, next meeting. I'll uh, I'll let you know in advance uh, uh, what the show man. Will be. No problem. Thank you very much. Okay, then. Well, if if you know if you guys have nothing else to say, or if you have any other questions by Vortex, and that would pop up later we can you know messages and we'll gladly answer so i guess uh, thank you very much for coming and uh, this is all for today from now on this is going to be a, a real chat on private things and stuff that doesn't concern vortex <laughs> <laughs> so yes it's up to you to stay or not Thank you. Okay. Thank you all.